What's up, everyone? You're tuning in to episode 155 right here on RNFM Radio. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of RNFM Radio. You're hanging out with us on the pulse of nursing. This, of course, is the leading platform for nurses, and we're thrilled to have you tuning in for the latest news, trends, and hot topics with the leaders and thought provokers in our industry. Speaking of the leaders and thought provokers, it's going to be today the trifecta. That's right. Myself, Kevin Ross here in my studio in Colorado, Keith Carlson hanging out in Santa Fe, and of course, Elizabeth Scala. She's hanging out in Maryland, and we are going to bring them on the show momentarily, but let me just take a moment to say thank you, everyone, for all of the feedback, hitting us up under hashtag RNFM Radio, all of you hanging out on rnfmradio.com under the podcast section, and finding out how to listen to us on the go. I just looked at the analytics just recently, and more and more of you are grabbing this content, putting it on your iPhones or your Android devices, and that is really awesome because your time is precious to us. We care deeply about that time. We want you to make the most of your time, and we're glad that you're taking us on the go. Find us on iTunes, of course, under the podcast section, RNFM Radio. We're also on promednetwork.com forward slash RNFM Radio, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. And yes, I promise and I keep promising, voicemails and text messages will be returned, but continue to hit us up at 720-466-3022. And again, I'm Kevin Ross hanging out in my studio in Colorado. I'll go ahead and bring in Keith Carlson, my fellow co-host, and of course, Keith will then bring in Elizabeth. But Keith, how are you doing today, sir? I'm fine, Kevin. Great to be here, and I'm so glad to have Elizabeth back today. We had a great interview last week without her with Brian Park from Nobby Socks, and today it's just the three of us hanging out, and I'm so glad. This is kind of like having a picnic together on the, on the internet, isn't it? So things are great here in Santa Fe. The sun's finally out. We've had tons and tons of rain, and I'm wondering how Elizabeth's doing over there in Baltimore. So Elizabeth Scala, you're back. Thank you. Happy to be here. And welcome back to me. I'm, I'm glad to be back on RNFM Radio. I'm sorry I missed the conversation about those socks. But uh, here in Maryland, we're doing lovely. It's been beautiful, beautiful month of May 2015. So really enjoying nature here in my neck of the woods, being outside in my garden and just just smiling happy smiles but thanks for having me guys you know i of i saw those pictures that you were posting of your garden and that is awesome i just i love that and as keith said earlier we have been getting a lot of rain out here it's amazing it almost looks like i don't know keith i was saying the other day it looks like i'm in seattle or somewhere in the pacific northwest it is so green and lush and that is definitely not what colorado except for like the evergreen trees but otherwise there's a lot of brown grasses and drought-resistant grasses, and it looks like I've got this Kentucky bluegrass out in my backyard that's just like this vibrant green. It's kind of nuts. You have a bluegrass band in your backyard? I do. Uh, guy's on banjo right now. He's going to be playing the background music in post-production, so we're going to fire Whoa. it up uh, during the show. So, you know, when it's in post-production, of course. Kevin, you're always surprising me. I mean, it's always something new, I have to say. It is, it is. Well, I try to diversify in any way that I can. 
and get a little crazy, go against the grain and do things just a little bit differently to the beat of another drummer or a banjo player, whatever it is that you appeal to, <laughs> take your pick, that's right. whatever <laughs> instrument, clarinet, flute, you got it. I mean, that's what I, where I am. Xylophone is my favorite. Are you kidding Ooh, me? The xylophone? The xylophone. That's funny. Mm -hmm. I have never once, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that the xylophone was their favorite instrument. I mean, I'm a percussionist, so that's fine. I mean, I, I hear you, sister, but. No judgment there, right, Kevin? Not at all. Not at all. I mean, I loved playing that. Um, and of course, yes, I was a band geek and back in the day but certainly yeah i don't think i've ever had anybody say yeah xylophone's like my jam let's let's roll on this let's not that i jam on it but when oh, i sure. watch uh my 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 musicians uh that i love the band mo when when my my, my i call him my friend he's never met me jib jams on the xylophone for 20 minutes in a song as they're rocking out yeah i just wait so, jamming so thrilled jamming on a xylophone i'm gonna have to check this jam out on a xylophone Kevin. you've got to yeah go to youtube right. and look for mo all right i'll look yeah. for mo see how mo jams on the xylophone <laughs> oh well oh dear but we digress don't we? we do we do and you know speaking of um digressing or moving on and and getting into where we need to get back and circling back around Let's actually talk because we are recording this in the month of May. This is actually being recorded on May 20th, 2015. And I think for many of you, especially because this podcast will release a little bit later, you, if you're in nursing school, maybe you have graduated already, which I know lots of college graduations have occurred at this moment. And for some of you, maybe this is not your graduation year and you're going to be moving on to that next year. And we need to be talking about what you should be doing from a new grad position or from that perspective. So you just graduated with your nursing degree and then what's next there. And then also spinning into what student nurses continuing on into that next year, what they should be thinking about for that next year and, and specifically what you should be doing this summer. So anyway, what I would like to kind of talk about is let's talk about new grads because I think that's a hot topic. So those graduates who've just gone out and celebrating and, and now the party's over and now it's like, okay, what's next? Of course, NCLEX is a biggie. So I don't know. For me, uh, I didn't find studying for the NCLEX as overwhelming as maybe for some because I felt like if I could take some of that material that I was finding online for the NCLEX, the, the studies, the, the study guides and, and the CDs, of course, I think everything's digital now, it's online, and just doing the practice tests and getting in that mode of just test taking, of course, quite frankly, I had to at least take a week or two off because the final exams, like I was just toast, I was done. But I don't know, Keith or Elizabeth, what was your take on actually studying for the NCLEX? How was that for you? How did how did that make you feel? Do you have test anxiety? Ooh, I'm a very bad test taker. And I had test anxiety because I hate taking standardized tests. If you give me a test where I have to write an essay, I am so happy with essay questions. I can just go crazy writing an essay question. I figured you could. But yeah, but give me multiple choice tests, especially like the NCLEX where there's always two answers that could be right. That's really hard for me. So test taking is definitely not one of my favorite things. How about you, Elizabeth? I wonder how it is for you. Oh, I completely agree with you, Keith. For me, agreed. I, I'm an essay girl. I like long answers. I can explain my way through any kind of open-ended question. 
I find multiple choice to be challenging and tricky. However, I think that I approached it during nursing school and I probably do the same now with sort of an air of, I don't know if it's like flippancy or avoidance or just whatever, you know, I just kind of said to myself, if you know the material, if you're meant to pass, you know, this is what's going to happen. So I did study. Sure. I studied, but I didn't get a tutor. I didn't go through exams. I didn't go crazy. I just was like, you know what, you know what, or you don't. And let's see what happens. Wow. How spiritual of, of you, girl. <laughs> right. If it just meant to I be, that- I'll pass. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I was one of the last people in the room and you know how they well back then I don't know if they still talk about this but there's rumors you know if you get all the questions you probably failed or if you take it too quickly you probably fail well uh-huh. I was the last one in there and I thought to myself well oh, I failed but when I got that letter that said you passed I'm like oh good thing right that's <laughs> check off that list right yeah so when students are preparing I mean it's it's a mental thing to a large extent you can take a review class like I took during the summer etc. And you can study with your classmates who you're close with, your study groups. That's always a great thing. And it's just preparing mentally as much as intellectually, because how much more are you going to cram into your head after graduation? Yeah, mentally and also physically, because, you know, you have to go to the test. You don't want to go to the test dehydrated. You don't want to go to the test tired. You don't want to go to the test having eaten McDonald's beforehand, you know? So, you need to prepare physically and be in your best health so that you can focus and think clearly. So I agree with you, Keith. That's mm-hmm. why I kind of was more flippant about it because I was just like, you know what? You, you take care of your yourself, get a good night's rest, do what you can, and then see what happens. <laughs> right. Well, and there and certainly a lot of pressure. I, I know when I graduated with my BSN, what was it, two thousand five? So ten years ago. So 2005, and I remember there it was it was the job market was insane, and new grads were getting hired right out of school, and I even did without I I hadn't even taken the NCLEX yet and got a job offer, and I remember uh, one of those things where it's it was like okay well you show up and they let you work as the still kind of under the student nurse although by the time I I started Hopkins I had my license it was I was ready to go because I took a few weeks off or maybe even a month off before I even started work there. But I know for some, I mean, talk about the pressure, like you've already gotten a job offer, at least that's that's the way it was then, you got the job offer and now you really do have to pass. I mean, you've got to pass that test so that you can actually become that RN. Otherwise, then there's that fear of like, well, I gotta retake it, will they let me do that? Or will it just be kind of one of those things like, you know, sorry, we've gotta let you go because we have somebody else to that we need to fill that spot. Um, I, I Like I said, I don't know what it's like now for many of those new grads, but I do know that I think to give more of an edge to already have your license, to already have passed the NCLEX would certainly help, especially in this job market. I don't, I don't know what the thoughts are on your end, Keith. I mean, especially in, in your in your line of work. I mean, I think having your RN is, is just a must like right there instead of not being licensed and having that student nurse um, sort of notation or whatever within your within your organization. Sure. I mean, having that RN after name is a great thing. There's There are definitely organizations who will hire new grads as a, I guess, would you call them an SN, right? Student nurse? Yeah, it was, I don't know if it was a student nurse. Um, so I think like it was either at Hopkins or somewhere else. Like It was more like a nurse tech or something like that. So it was, 
it wasn't a CNA. You the pay was definitely significantly bumped from being a CNA or or an assistant, but it, it was definitely somewhere in between that and an RN salary. But I can't remember what the designation was. If it was SN or nurse tech or something like that, but but de definitely in that realm for sure. Yeah. So. Oh, absolutely. I think it's really important to go out and get whatever experience you can. And maybe that's something we can talk about now is yeah. aside from getting ready for the NCLEX, whenever you're taking it over the course of the summer, we can assume most people will take it during the summer months. Of course, you want to take a test when it's hot and you're sweaty and, you know, <laughs> you know, just, just saying. But if you're looking for things to do this summer, Something to do is one is you can look for work, of course, as a student nurse. You know, you're not you're not a graduate nurse with a degree yet. I mean, you have a degree, you don't have your license yet from the state board, but you can look for work. You can also look for volunteer opportunities because one thing a lot of employers are looking for, they're looking for the fact that you're involved, that you're showing interest, that you're doing cool things, that you're volunteering or taking part in anything that is in some way related to your career goals. So that could mean volunteering on the first aid team for a century ride that's happening in your area where there's bicyclists biking and they need people checking on them or helping them with health issues that happen along the course of the ride. Or maybe there's a multiple sclerosis walk happening in your city and you can volunteer there. Anything you can do, even if you're working at a senior center and just maybe taking blood pressures, anything that shows your professional desire to be a nurse, to be a healthcare provider, to be out there with the public, I think is a great idea. What do you all think? Well, uh, Elizabeth, I don't know if you want to take it, but, but I would agree with that. And I think that also organizations should really embrace what m many businesses really do embrace, and I know that we, my companies, we embrace this as internships. And, and not just kind of from a skill set standpoint, but from a culture fit as well. That's really been helpful for us to gauge who would fit within the organization. So it gives them experience, but then it also gives us the ability to, to teach, which we love teaching, and also some boots on the ground and some help around the office or in the communities, wherever we are. But again, we can really gauge, rather than just going through uh, several interviews, whether it be a phone interview or a Skype interview and then a couple face-to-face -face interviews, but you really get to know someone in that environment and see how they perform. And so I think embracing that mentality, both from a student nursing standpoint or student nurse standpoint or graduate nurse, and then also the organizations really opening up that, that opportunity to invite those types of internships or build those types of programs to have interns come in during the summer and even while someone's in school. I think that brings up a good point in terms of the perspective nurses um, take on it too, because sometimes, and we talked about this, I think on one of our previous shows, you know, you get out of nursing school on one, one hand, people are telling you, you need this med surge experience or you need to do this. And then on the other hand, you don't know exactly what you want or need. So to go through an internship, to volunteer in the community, to have experiences, maybe even on hospital units. I know that they have volunteers that go to the NICUs and hold the babies or, you know, interact with the patients. So to, to try out some of those experiences this 
summertime or this time before you prepare to work while you have maybe now quote, quote, free time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, from your perspective, as you're feeling into your career and figuring out exactly what you want to do, it's helpful to maybe take this time of reflection before getting the actual job and taking action and then finding yourself in a job you really don't like and, and kind of in a catch 22 because you don't want to leave it because you need the paycheck, but yeah. you know, you're not happy. So it's good to have those experiences from, you know, that individual point of view to, to also test the waters and see what it is you want to do with your nursing career. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely aligned with what I'm thinking. Uh, and, and again, it's a mindset that I, I don't know that enough student nurses or whether it's, it doesn't necessarily have to be baked into the curriculum. I just think it's sort of a mindset that doesn't necessarily run rampant within that cohort, so to speak, because I would say we get so many other interns from so many other backgrounds. Like we have interns within our other companies from a marketing background or business background or a technical background. And I realize like those are somewhat different than the nursing uh, species, so to speak, of students. However, it just seems like it's a given for them. Like during the summer, they're going to have a little bit of fun and have a little bit of downtime. But but quite frankly, most of these individuals are going to they're vying for these internship slots in these companies because they want to figure out, like you said, Elizabeth, exactly what they want to do or at least dial into some of the areas that they are most interested in. Because it's one thing when, when you're in academia and even in these like student like capstone positions or or these internships for just through school, that's one thing. I think that's a little bit more boxed in than what you could really say, like, listen, I want to go way over here and even outside of my comfort zone to really kind of test the waters to see if this is something that I would be interested in. So I think it's a mindset that we really need to keep putting forth within academia and in student nurses. Yeah, that's a great point. And part of it is actually, like you said, testing the waters, dipping your toe in. And what I like to tell people, too, is that if you're not really sure what it is you want to do, if you're looking for some ideas and you want to talk to people who do certain things, informational interviews are a great way to spend your time. And I know a lot of you out there, maybe some people don't even know what an informational interview is, but it's an important notion to bear in mind that, say, there's someone who works in a particular type of department or facility and you just want to know what it's like. You don't necessarily want a job. So you can offer to buy that person breakfast or coffee or meet in their office for 20 minutes and just kind of pick their brain. So an informational interview can lead to all sorts of things, especially just making a nice connection with someone for the future. Right. No, I, I agree. And I was pleasantly surprised that I I cannot take any credit for, I, I know that I wanted interns in within my organization's but I was not the one responsible for creating the internship programs within the organizations. I mean, I'll just put it out there. I, I had the idea, but I did not execute on it. But I was really pleasantly surprised and really excited when we started getting them in and one day showing up at the office like, hey, wait a minute, who's this, who's this guy or gal? And like, oh my gosh, internship or intern? Great, come here. Let me show you some things. Like I was really, really excited. Like I was so passionate about teaching and having somebody just fresh and new. And so I think that, Again, organizations could be losing out on an opportunity if they themselves have not developed 
some type of internship program. I mean, again, we we have the streamlined onboarding process and this little program that kind of helps the intern through that process. Again, I did not develop it, so I have to thank my team for that. But again, organizations really need to kind of tap into that because it can really be an opportunity to help them even grow their own businesses because to have these young minds, and, and I don't even mean from a chronological age, but just kind of fresh out of school or still in school and bringing that fresh perspective has been extremely helpful in my businesses. You know, I want to ask a question of Keith, if I may, because I haven't heard of this uh, informational interview myself. I'll just share honestly. Um, you know, Keith, you mentioned contacting someone, taking them to coffee, sitting down in their office. So Kevin brings up the formal process of having an, in, an inner interview, no, uh, 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 intern, uh, position available. So what if they, you know, what if an organization doesn't have this informational interview, uh, situation set up? Are you recommending to our listeners that they just reach out to folks that they want to be in touch with? And maybe you could speak to how would we get um, in front of the people that we're connect that we'd like to connect with, maybe possibly is there a social media channel that folks can contact people through? So, what are your thoughts about that, Keith? <laughs> I, I feel you kind of feeding me information right here, Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. That's such a good lead. So, yeah, as t- in terms of informational interviews, most places don't have a formal process. When I say informational interview, I mean you find a nurse through some channel or another. We'll talk about those who does something you want to do, like maybe even a chief nursing officer. You're like, wow, what does a CNO do? And then you contact that CNO through various channels and you say, hey, can I stop by your office with your favorite coffee from the coffee shop and sit down with you and talk to you about what you do for 20 minutes? And Donna Cardillo, who we all really respect, who's a career guru for nurses, and she's been on this show, she talks about how informational interviews have actually gotten her jobs because she'll go in to talk to someone and she'll just kind of blow them out of the water with how amazing she is. And she's actually found positions that maybe have been created for her because they realized, wow, we don't want to let this person go. And oftentimes, as Donna shares and has talked about on some of her recordings and in her books, sometimes a lot of positions don't even get advertised. So when you go for an informational interview, you never know what's going to come up. They might say, oh my gosh, someone's going on maternity leave. Would you be able to take this position? You just don't know what's going to happen. But I want to back up and say, an informational interview is you're walking in just to talk with someone about what they do or learn about the facility or organization where they work. And you're not really trying to manipulate them into hiring you. You're just talking to them, trying to pick their brain. And you also just don't know what's going to happen. And one thing I want to say, since Elizabeth gave me that jab in the ribs to say, (laughs) why don't you mention it? The platform for meeting other people in the professional world, one of the major platforms is LinkedIn. And I know you both are on LinkedIn and many of our listeners are. So that's a great place to search for people doing the things you want to do or working at the places where you want to know more. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I know that's definitely your area, Keith. And, but I wanted to dial back what you were saying with Donna and then just really talking about creating that position. So I'm, I'm very uh, upfront these days to let people know when they ask if I, if I'm hiring, well, it's not I anymore, it's we. And 
I am not typically involved in the hiring process anymore. I mean, I have other people that are involved in that process, but I will tell you that there was someone who went out of their way and I won't name her because I think she's a little shy and probably just want to be mentioned on the podcast. She went way out of her way to find out about me, to find out where I would be. And it was, I mean, hey, listen, my life is public. So the thing is, is it could sound a little sort of stalkerish or whatever, but she figured out what I liked, what I was into, my personality, and she figured out how to find me. And she got in touch with me and she just wanted an informational interview. And she said, listen, you know, I, I know that you probably aren't hiring right now, but I just wanted to tell you a little bit about myself and I want to learn more about your company. Well, long story short, it, I was like, I was like, you're, you're hired. Like I'm not supposed <laughs> to be hiring anybody. Um, some, I have teams doing that because you have to be working with other teams and they have to like you and it's got to be a fit and all this stuff. But we ended up actually creating not only a position, but a, an entire sub department really within the organization because of what she could bring to the table. And she went above and beyond. And I, I just said, you know, I had to, I had to reach out to my assistant. I said, I don't care. She just went out of her way and brought all this to the table to me and, and did her research, did her due diligence, figured out who I was and wanted to know about our company. And I, and I just wanted to reward that. And so she's now in the company and helping us develop a, a different department within the organization. So you're right. Informational interviews could actually turn into a job opportunity. That's true. And, you know, in terms of finding people to hang out with and to talk to, part of it is networking. And I know I write and talk a lot about networking skills. I just published a podcast last night over on the Nurse Keith show about deep networking as opposed to shallow networking. And every person you meet, whether they work in healthcare or nursing or not, they know other people. And that deep networking, digging deeply into other people's contact list and building relationships with people is exactly what this woman did with you, Kevin. She did some deep networking with you, really got to know you and found out more about your company and look what happened. Right. I mean, if you're going to bring that kind of confidence and bravado to the table, I'm going to give you credit right off the bat. I really am. Even if I have no position, I'm going to try to figure out a way that I do have a position or what I will do is... One of my other fellow entrepreneurs out there who might be seeking employment or, or I'm sorry, who might be looking for someone just like this person, of course, I'm going to hook them up because that's the that's what we do as entrepreneurs. I, I am a part of this mastermind, not necessarily a group, but just a network of entrepreneurs, business owners out there. And we do talk about trade secrets and, and share ideas. And again, if one of us is getting a ton of resumes in or inquiries about a certain job and we just don't have enough positions to, to go around, we'll share the wealth and say, hey, listen, I love the fact that you brought this bravado to the table and you've done all this research. Unfortunately, not right now, but I'll tell you what, my fellow entrepreneur over here, business owner over here, you may be interested in what she's got to offer. So I can, I can set up a meeting between the two of you. Just put yourself out there because you don't know who you're actually talking to. And like I said, I've got some deep, deep connections, the right connections. So if I can't place you, at least in my company, then maybe I can get you somewhere else. You know, listening to the two of you sort of brings me back to what we were speaking about earlier in terms of the NCLEX yeah. and the pressure that an individual student, you know, graduate place on themselves when they prepare to take that test. So for what I'm 
you know, again, listening to the two of you reflecting on this conversation, it kind of takes the pressure off of the exam then, because sure, you have to pass the exam to have RN behind your name. Yeah. We get that. However, that's not the whole part of getting a job. And what I'm hearing you say is it's about the relationships. It's about networking. It's about referrals. It's about how you show up and exude that confidence in yourself, regardless of your score on some silly test. So, you know, we have to study for the NCLEX and we have to take the test, but maybe approaching it with a little bit less pressure on ourselves, we're more likely to pass. And then doing these other things sounds like it would be, you know, make, make our path to getting our ideal career a little bit easier. Right. And I don't think, and I'm in the same boat, I don't think you're trying to dilute the importance of the NCLEX as, as much as I'm not trying to dilute it either, but you're right. It, it does give us the livelihood and obviously the, the doors opening to those career opportunities because you have RN just like a fraction. I mean, it's, it's a formality. I mean, I know it's, it's a must, you have to have it, but quite frankly, in the much larger scheme, the much larger scale or how you're scaling all of this, your whole career ahead of you, it's, I don't even, I barely remember it. I mean, I know that the test cut off at 75 questions for me. And so I was like, oh gosh, that's either really, really bad or, or <laughs> right. I, I, you know, I rocked it out. So, but I didn't know, but everything else that's happened after that, my relationships, and as Keith was saying, the deep networking, my connections, that is much more meaningful. That is much more time intensive and something that I have nurtured much, much more than just trying to cram for a standardized test. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Part of it is cramming for your entire career and it's not cramming because it's an ongoing lifelong process or it should be anyway. And, you know, I've talked about this before that there are people who get really comfortable in a job and they work at the same place for a number of years. And when I talk to them about networking, they say, well, I don't really need to network. I'm really happy at my job. And my response is always pretty much the same. It's like any job could end at any moment. That hospital where you're really happy could get downsized, could get closed, could get bought by some big conglomerate. And all of a sudden you're out on the street looking for a job. So building relationships, I always say starts from the moment you sit down in nursing school in your very first class. That's where your relationship building starts. And that's where you start creating this network upon which you're going to rely for the rest of your career. And those are the people you're going to be supporting when they need you. So it starts right at the beginning. And when you get out of nursing school, you definitely want to hit the ground running in terms of building relationships with so many people in every facet of healthcare. Right. Can I, can I make a, take a pause and make a comment for those listening who, so if you're listening to RNFM radio, you're probably a pretty motivated person <laughs> because, you know, you searched out a podcast, you're trying to improve yourself, you're, you know, digesting this content that is wonderfully informative. However, if someone listening, like, let's say they found this podcast, it's their first show they're listening to, and maybe they're not doing some of these things. Well, mm -hmm. just sharing from personal experience, I didn't join things in school. Um, I never wanted to be a nurse. I didn't do any networking. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in it now. 
in terms of becoming a nurse entrepreneur. But I'll tell you, if you're concerned that you haven't done any of this yet and you're feeling a little late to the game, mm-hmm. it's never too late to begin. You know, oh, no. even though I've been a nurse now for 10 years, I'd say the first five years of my career, I was pretty narrow minded and close headed and doing that. You know, I don't need to. I'm in my job. It's fine. But um, so just for those listening, you know, be gentle with yourself. If, if you're an introvert and you're shy and this isn't for you, there's other ways to get around that. Um, you know, you don't have to reach out to hundreds of people at a time. Um, I think in, in, a, in alignment with what Keith is referring to in terms of the deep networking, it's a, about the quality of the relationships, exactly. not so much the quantity. So yeah. just for those of you listening out there who are feeling overwhelmed with this discussion, it's never too late to start and you don't have to, you know, meet 50 people a month. Yeah. You're so right. I'm so glad you said that, Elizabeth, because right, if people are just tuning into this aspect of their career now, they might feel a little overwhelmed. So I'm glad you're speaking to that. And it's true. In deep networking, it doesn't mean that you're trying to meet 100 nurses in 100 days. What it means is that you're connecting with other professionals and you're forming relationships and the relationships take time. And just like I said in my podcast that published yesterday, that you're not going to have a deep relationship with every person, say, who's a LinkedIn connection. You can't possibly do that. You'd never have a life. And the metaphor I used was, let's say you're Facebook friends. We all have Facebook friends, if you're on Facebook, that is. And some are people you actually know. Some might be your family, your really close friends. Some might be people you've never met before and with whom you don't interact that much. And it's just like when you walk around the town or city where you live, there's people you know really, really well and you hang out with them all the time. There's people who are kind of friendly acquaintances. And then there's people who are sort of on the periphery of your orbit. And it's the same professionally. So building a really positive relationship with one person, you have to think about all the people they know in all the ways that your relationship might benefit both of you symbiotically. So one really great professional connection or relationship can really serve both of you on so many levels, it's hard to even fathom how it could actually develop over time. Wow. You're both exploding here. So stay in one piece, folks. It's, <laughs> we're okay. But but a couple of a couple of things, Elizabeth, so you really hit on something with the introvert. And I think now, more more so now than ever, you are able as an introvert to connect even authentically, I think, online with people following certain hashtags on Twitter to connect with them and then find out a little bit more like, wow, I love what you're talking about on Twitter or this Twitter chat or this tweet chat and and connecting that way and just getting involved, just kind of dip your toe in and and just get used to interaction and then pushing that a little bit outside of your comfort zone and then stepping in front of someone face to face with whether it's a conference or some sort of gathering or organization or mastermind group, whatever that is. So that could certainly help you dip your toe in that water for sure. And I also tell people, especially like nurse and nurses don't, it's harder for them to wrap their head around or, or even really somebody who's just in a very niche, um, I, I guess, profession where let's say like, why would a nurse go to some, not necessarily a conference, but a gathering where it might be predominantly finance people or real estate agents or whatever that is. 
But think about this. Like you're you're going to be really, really interesting to them. One, you're going to be really interesting to them. They're going to ask you about what you do as a nurse or what you're interested in doing as a nurse or whatever that is. So first off, you're going to stand out. But second, or maybe one A off of that is that you're standing out to them. So think about this. You're still trying to look for a job or look to advance your career or whatever. And let's say that these real estate agents or these business people or finance people or whatever, they're in another circle of friends or colleagues and something comes up and said and about nursing or healthcare or whatever, or somebody needs a position filled somewhere. And so like, oh my gosh, wait a minute. I met this woman, Susan, last week at one of our gatherings. She was the only nurse there, but she just really stood out to me because, well, she was a nurse and everybody else, we were real estate agents or finance people. And I actually got her business card or I got her contact info. How about if I pass that on to you and you can reach out to her? So talk about standing out in, in, you know, standing out in the crowd for sure, rather than just a pool of say a hundred or two or 300 nurses all looking for a job, maybe in a very similar position. So really do go against the grain. Do think outside of the box because you never know where you're going to be because when your head's on a swivel, you look left and then all of a sudden you look right and like, boom, there's the opportunity. That, that actually happened to me. Exactly that. Did it? And, you know, people ask me, so people ask me all the time, how did you get where you are? Like, how did you work as the nurse in mm. a gym? I would love to be the registered nurse in a gym and monitoring people for exercise. How did you land that role? Exactly what you just described. In my business classes, uh, as I went through a master's in business, the capstone was at a gym. They were looking for a nurse. They knew me from the project, you know, and then they passed around my card and I had an interview like the next week. I wasn't even looking for a job at a gym. I had no idea. And and, and even is that really a job? Who knows? You know, they created it because it they wanted a nurse. Right. Yeah. So my point is people asking, you know, how do you get that job or how do you do that thing? I recommend, you know, in my book, um, Your Next Shift, I talk about this is really being clear on your ideal nursing position. Even if you don't know where this job's going to be or how you're going to get it or if it even exists. But if you have sort of an ideal position in your vision and you keep taking action steps and you keep putting yourself out there and you keep meeting people like this, you know, something is going to turn up or as Kevin was just suggesting and as I, as that experience to me, it, it can be created for you. So thank you for bringing that up. I was like, oh, that happened to me. That, hey, that was not <laughs> scripted, folks. That was totally, I just, I kind of went off the cuff there because it's been, it's true. I think there are quite a few success stories that people don't realize. Like it's, you just don't know where and who you're going to be connecting with at that very moment. Because Keith had said, and you had even said the same thing. You just don't know who you're in front of. You have no idea. Right. What those connections could be like for that. Person. And you don't know who they know. That, who does that person know? Right. You have no idea. Right. I mean, right. even if they're even if they were like a real estate agent or in finance, but their spouse, partner, whomever is a, the director of nursing for an organization. I mean, that's the thing for you, Keith. Like you got the hookup that you so you're the nurse. But if somebody doesn't really know Mary and they meet her for the first time and she might even feel like, oh, wow, this this new nurse or this nurse could be a great fit for for Keith's organization that that, you know, he's he's in charge of, you know, I mean, why not? I mean, send them on. You just don't know. Yeah. You just don't it know. It happens all the time. I mean, my wife, Mary, is out in the community all the time. And she's also online on Facebook and Twitter. And she sends me people all the time. She says, wow, I'm 
got this cool person. I don't know what the connection might be, but why don't you have a chat with them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, She's like your like you recruiter out there. You know. Yeah, she is. She's just always, you know, saying, hey, you should be my husband. You know, you might have something in common. And that's just the way things happen. Like, I just had a meeting here at my house, at my office with a nurse who I met on LinkedIn. We think we met on LinkedIn. We can't even figure out how we initially found out about each other. And she's on a travel nurse uh, position here in Santa Fe for 13 weeks. And we ran into each other at the farmer's market a few weeks ago. And she said, hey, you're Nurse Keith, aren't you? And we were standing in front of the, the bread table or something. And I said, yeah. And she told me who she was. And I recognized her from LinkedIn. And she just came over the house and met Mary. And we had a chat. And we're going to get together again. And we may never work together or do anything specific together other than maybe having lunch. But that's not the point. The point is that she's now in my consciousness. I'm in her consciousness. And we may end up being friends for a lifetime, or we might end up just knowing each other briefly. It doesn't really matter. And I'm already thinking of people to introduce her to because she's a really cool person. Right. So it's that's what relationship building is about. And that's part of deep networking. It's like she reached out to me and then she saw me at the farmer's market and said, hey, let's have tea. And I said, why not? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. And, and you know, Elizabeth, to... to go back to what you were saying in, in your next shift. So, I mean, is this something where I feel the way I interpret it as, and of course I had, I had knowledge, obviously I, I definitely got the, the unpublished uh, version of it before because of, thank you so much for asking me um, to contribute for the, to the forward. But what I really took away from that was that, that whole mindset and that whole shift of, to say like, listen, whether you got one foot out the door, want to have one foot out the door or not, just trying to get in that mindset as you were talking about and meeting people and building those relationships and taking those steps, those active steps to move forward. And again, maybe you like your current position now, but I do think that you need to have your eyes and your ears open for anything that comes up. And again, it doesn't mean that you have to have one foot out the door, but this is about you. It's not about being selfish, but just you because opportunities just come up everywhere as long as you are open to it you know it reminds me of what you said a moment ago kevin where you mentioned healthcare. and okay so we're talking about networking here we're talking about building our relationships but we can also talk about the healthcare, the environment of healthcare, and how it's being delivered and the business model of healthcare. so as you were saying go Going to this finance workshop, networking with these colleagues who maybe are talking IT, you know, you're showing up as the nurse, but then you're that nurse in your role with your employer as an employee, as you said, even if you're not looking to change jobs, you can be really proactive in in bringing new ideas to the team and bringing um, new information to your manager. Like, look at me. I just brought this great, um, idea to my colleagues and whoo, maybe you get a promotions. So it's also about, you know, staying, staying ahead of the curve. And as healthcare is shifting, you know, learning things from outside of just nursing, of course, we have to stay up on our skill set. We have to know our specialty. We've got to, you know, study for in services and, and continue with our, you know, my learning tools or whatever we do at our, our jobs, but adding information and knowledge and tools from outside of specific nursing 
to um, help us in our careers. And that's that's really what I, I'm trying to do and, and encouraging other nurses to do with that book, the Your Next Shift book, but also with a lot of my work is shifting into how can we take some of these other skill sets from outside of nursing and apply them within our nursing careers, wherever we find ourselves, nurse, entrepreneur or not. Right. You, I mean, you leveled that sister. I mean, you really did. You nailed it because you're right. And and I, I owe Keith, uh, I think this coined term that is now going through the offices, uh, as, as labeling me is, is like this, um, what did you say, Keith? I think it was like to, to Allison about me being like nuclear particles or something like, uh, like did I? I think, oh I th- no, no, but it was, but it was very flattering to, you know, because it's always, and now like everybody's like, Oh, there's the nuclear particles. Like I thought he was like there like five minutes ago and now he's, now he's somewhere else. What I do at, oh, yes. as, okay. as a leader in my company, I value and exactly what you said, Elizabeth, I value someone stepping outside of the organization and even their own comfort zone to gather information, to learn something, to bring back to either me or the organization. Because as much as I want to know, I know what I know and I know what I'm good at. And I will always, again, bet on my strengths. And I don't often have enough time to go out there and actively, I mean, again, I'm learning every day, but it's so great. I mean, just so just inspiring to me to have team members that want to go out and value not only themselves and the company at the same time to want to go out and step outside their comfort zone to do that, to learn it, but then to bring that back to us. I remember that. That goes deep with me. You want to talk about leveling up your relationship with me? When you do something like that, I'll tell you what, I will never forget it. I will all, I will be indebted to that, and I will definitely be a strong advocate for you within my organization or someone else because I know you're going to be bringing it each and every time, whether you work in my organization or somebody else. So I want to nurture that and cultivate those relationships and cultivate that mindset because, again, I am these, I, I'm a nuclear particle. I try, I try to be everywhere, but I cannot. But I'll tell you what, what my teams are. And they bring that stuff to the table. Like I am just overwhelmed with gratitude that they do that. Wow. That's great, Kevin. And you know, you are a nuclear particle. And I think that's what I was referring to that time was that there are particles that they say are in multiple places at one time within the nuclear cloud. Right. It's, yeah, it's a very interesting concept that I don't quite, can't can't quite wrap my head around, but we get the general gist. And folks, you just know Kevin's everywhere at once. That's just the way it is. And his office mates and colleagues know it. But what you're saying, Kevin, relates to the woman who just put herself out there. She went the extra mile to make herself known to you. Mm -hmm. And you actually created, it sounds like a whole department just for her. And the same goes for you new grads or nurses who are just getting started, who are looking for things to do over the summer. Make yourself indispensable to someone. Work at the homeless shelter and work with healthcare for the homeless and just make yourself an indispensable member of the team. Do a little extra, you know, go the extra mile like Kevin is describing, create some new project that you can then put on your resume and have someone write a testimonial for. It's these ways that you go above and beyond, I believe, that make you stand out because anyone can put together a resume, some are better than others, Anyone can put together a cover letter and a thank you letter and learn interview skills. That's great. And I help people with that in my coaching practice. However, where the rubber hits the road really is how you are on the ground, boots on the ground. Like, what are you actually doing? 
So if you get involved in special projects or do special things or volunteer in a place that really sings to you, you know, makes your heart sing or lights you up, that's the thing that you're going to walk into that interview and you're going to blow the person's mind because of the way you describe and embody the passion that you have about what you're interested in. What do y'all think of that? I, I was, when you were mentioning that, I was also, I think that's a great idea. I'm not, I'm not discounting that, but what you were speaking to also gives me another idea for listeners in terms of, so you mentioned healthcare for the homeless, mm -hmm. <clears throat> excuse me. And if you, you know, go in and do volunteer work there or, or you know, what's that's going to provide you with too, so much invaluable lessons on dealing with teams, on working with different personalities, on being around different cultures and backgrounds, which then when you get into a real life job, you know, you're going to have to handle those. And so I feel like that will give you some experience to just kind of interacting with the professional world. So I think that's a great idea, Keith. And thank mm. you for bringing that to my attention as well. Sure. I, I do think just like bringing everything you've got to the table. And if you bring some passion to the table, I mean, that's really half the game right there. Right, Kevin? Oh, it definitely is half the game. And, and I think if you are not in a place where that passion is not valued or, you know, you're in, I'm sorry, you're in a place where that passion is not valued, then there's something much larger going on, I think, because I can't imagine. And again, I speak from experience in my own organizations, but I can't imagine that in many other organizations that that passion wouldn't go a long way to really show that. Not, I mean, you're, you are valuing the organization and, and wanting to benefit them. But at the same time, I think you can also not necessarily look at it selfishly, but I, I think it's okay to say like, this is also something for your growth, as, as you were saying, Elizabeth, and, and of course, Keith. I mean, this is going to be something that helps you grow as not only an individual, but as a professional. And just taking the blinders off, just getting outside of the box and really, as I always say, putting that head on a swivel just keep those eyes and ears open to all those opportunities. Not like, like I said, not just from a networking standpoint, but to just get involved. And I know it's so funny because I think that people get turned off by the whole committee thing at hospitals. But I think that it's supposed to be yours in the sense of, yes, it's for the patient and for the overall you know, wellness or goodness of, of the organization and to help the patient or the client or whomever you're serving. But it, but it can also be something that you find out like, wow, I love leading these groups or I love being a part of this cohort. This makes me want to think more about whatever XYZ is. So it's just always looking at it from the perspective of, of an opportunity for growth, not so much as it seems self-serving for the organization, like, oh, you know, I just, I don't have that much free time to go to one of these conferences or to go to one of these groups or whatever that is. Again, you never know what you're going to run into or who you're going to run into or really find out about yourself. That's so true, Kevin. And finding out about yourself is one of the keys there is this is all on exploration. 
like Elizabeth, you've talked about the t- types of nursing you you've wanted to do and not wanted to do. And, you know, you never really wanted to be a nursing nurse. I think you said once on another yeah, show. Absolutely. And I never wanted to work in a hospital. So I've done 19 years without ever having worked in a hospital. And this is a lot of this is about finding yourself. It's about dipping your toe in the water, like Kevin said earlier, and figuring out what floats your boat, because that's what it's all about, right? We want to be satisfied in our careers and bringing yourself to the table and figuring out where your passions lie is one way to get to that place where you want to be. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Without the experiences, you know, you could just continue to be uh, confused and unclear about what you want to do as a nurse. So just dabbling in some of these. And and if you find out you dislike one, well, then good. You don't waste your time at that kind of job. But it's great to have those life experiences because as you both just were mentioning, it's about the destination, you know, not exactly always about the target we're reaching for, but the process that's getting us there. Right. Mm, well, and you two right. are bucking the trends. I mean, think about it, Keith. So you went against the grain of that that idea of med surge experience is a must. And then of course, Elizabeth, as, as coining the nursing nurse, when you get asked all these questions about, oh, you know, well, why, what makes you want to be a nurse? And, you know, some of the deep stories that have led us to nursing. But ultimately, I think that both of you, and of course, now I can, I can, I think I can include myself in that at this point, because right out of school, I did go to that more traditional track of ICU, for me anyway, and I thought I was going to stay in that realm for a while. But then, of course, it was a matter of discovery saying like, wow, this I love my job and I love what I'm doing. But I but I love I would love it more if I could do and ultimately what I'm doing now. But that being said, is that you really both of you, because I'll just use you as an example, as, as great examples, is that you've bucked those trends. You've decided, you know what, I'm not going to be boxed in. I am thinking differently. I am going to be different. And what does that mean? Because nursing, it proves a point. Nursing is so diverse that it doesn't, there is no box. They're, they're just, and if there is, then you're not even looking at it or it's not even in your space or you've gone ahead and broken it down and recycled it, whatever that is, but you two are not in that box and you've kind of started out that way. Right. Recycle the box. I like that. Do you like that, Elizabeth? It resonates with me. <laughs> Recycling the box is good. Recycle the box. Put that in the recycling bin and create your own, right? Create your own container. And, you know, that term just came to me right now is container. And that's used a lot in kind of the new agey healing worlds. But we can use it here. It's creating a container for your career. And what kind of container does your career want to operate in? Does it want to operate in a very small box where you're banging against the edges and your head's hitting the top because you're, you put yourself in the place where you're all your professors and colleagues told you you should be, or do you want to hang out in a space that's expansive where you have the breadth and depth and latitude to do whatever you want. And the three of us have done whatever we've wanted and we've had varying degrees of success over time. And it's, it's supposed to be fun, I think, right? I, th- I mean, yeah, definitely. I think, I think discovery is, is fun and I think it's been, it's been fun for me, but, but a point just popped in my head about what you were saying, Keith, as far as who we would see as the experts or those, or those mentors or coaches or professors, i.e. The, the teachers that are the ones laying this out as part of the foundation to say, 
this is likely where you need to go to get that employment. However, I say opened up the opportunity to experts like us, like the three of us, telling you, like literally telling you that, I mean, every, every expert has their own opinion, right? But I do think that this is an opportunity for you to try to align with those experts that you feel most aligned with and heed the advice that we're giving you today to say that, okay, I'm not trying to knock your professor saying like, yeah, you got to go get that med surge experience. Like, well, this is what we're preparing you for. All I'm saying is that keep that, keep those opportunities close to you or at least be available to them because it will go outside of likely what your professor is saying. And again, I'm not trying to knock them or dilute the importance of what they're providing to you. But the three of us right here on this discussion right now are experts within our field and some outside of the field of nursing. So heed this advice too and, and take it as you will. I mean, maybe it aligns with you and maybe it doesn't, but certainly try to find someone that you align with that you feel like you respect and you feel is a guru or an expert in their industry. You know, I'm going to get a little woo-woo for you here. Oh, okay. I, I, I love the voice, <laughs> too. It. She kind of like brought it down. I know. Okay, bring it down. Did. Okay, I know. I'm in my place. Okay. It's, it's very serious. You go. Okay. But the, you know, so we have the perspectives from our professors. We have the perspectives from this radio show. You've got perspectives from anything you read. Anything you consume is, is kind of coloring your um, decision-making. And so... The true authority in any of this is what's within you. And so, you know, and we've been giving you these ideas over the course of this episode. You know, we've been giving you the idea of, of building relationships with people, of reaching out to mentors, of, of getting involved in volunteer projects or service, you know, testing the water. So it's you sort of doing the detective work to figure out what that nurse within your side, inside of yourself really wants to do. So take all of the advices and opinions and suggestions and then process through, as Kevin was just saying, what resonates most with you and make your decisions based on what is going to be the best nursing career for you. Yeah. I mean, that's great. I, and I think that is a way to level up your career as you've been, as you, as you've been putting out there for your next shift, because you're right. People say, but there are so many experts and some of them are saying go left, some are saying go right, some are saying go straight or backwards or whatever. You're right. And I'm glad you kind of popped the top off of what I was saying is that, yeah, connecting with you and feeling confident in who you are and what you're feeling and what you're aligning with. Because I can say this is a great opportunity for you, but if it really isn't speaking to you or you're just not aligned with it, then again, figure out, find something else that I'm either saying or someone else is saying, whether it's on this show or somewhere out, out there that does align with you. Because I'm not necessarily going to connect with everyone. And Elizabeth might not, or Keith might not, or many other professors or experts out there. But eventually you will figure out, you will find someone that you align with. Just keep that forward momentum to find and connect with yourself as you're connecting with others. Right. I think, can I say one more thing oh, about this? Yeah, I know we're probably running out of time. No, but, no, um, go ahead. <laughs> you know, you just mentioned how if someone doesn't resonate with me or you or the other, it, it brings up a great um, mentality that I think uh, the nursing profession has not yet fully embraced. And that is the abundance mentality versus the lack mentality. So if you're graduating from nursing school in this day and age, and if you're out there looking for a job in this market and you're 
or saying, well, there's just nothing for me and there's just no jobs. I'm never going to get it. Well, that's sort of that lack mentality of it's not going to happen. However, as Kevin was just mentioning, you know, there are plenty of mentors. There are people that you will align with and resonate with. And then there's people that you won't. Um, there's abundance out there of everything. And I think we've given you ideas for creating your own jobs, um, coming up with your own niche, possibly, you know, getting in the door in creative ways. So I just kind of want to put that plug in for mindset shifts uh, for nursing students and nurses out there, because we really need to start opening up to this abundance mentality, because that is the mentality that's going to allow you to get any goal that you want. You will succeed when you're open-minded to the fact that it's there. It's ready and willing for you. You just kind of got to figure out what that is and then take the action steps to get yourself there. That's perfect, Elizabeth. You know, mindset is so important. And before we close, could you just say a word about your upcoming book? What would you like to tell people about your next shift and what kind of the, give us the elevator speech about your new book? Sure. Thanks guys. So yeah, we've been alluding to it over the course of the episode, it's called Your Next Shift. And it's really taking core business elements, entrepreneurial principles, and applying them to our clinical nursing practice, to our careers, uh, wherever we find ourselves, a lot like we've been talking about during this episode today. So it's really um, taking sort of a new, a fresh approach to career development that'll help nurses really land the ideal, their, their dream careers, to say it quickly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So your dream career, that's beautiful. And I look forward to reading it and reviewing it on my blog. And we'll be talking all about it once it's published, Elizabeth. So we'll have to dig deeper into the book once it's, you know, in everybody's hot little hands. Right. Absolutely. Well, and I just want to go ahead and take a page from your book, Elizabeth. Basically what you said, and, and then obviously... Uh, you know, from the perspective of the book itself. So take a, a page or, or a couple. And again, I can't, I can't say enough what mindset really means for someone to get and, and get a little woo-woo like Elizabeth was, was just about or, or how she was saying so eloquently and not so much as myself as I fumble over my words to say that <laughs> you've got to, you, you do have to get good with you. Yeah. And this can all happen as you're networking, self-discovery and your own self-confidence in who you are and who you want to be and how you want to feel and what makes you feel so passionate or gives you fire in your belly to do something to move forward. That's where you need to really get comfortable. And I think that that's what Elizabeth's book is really going to speak to because her vulnerability equals, I think, the kind of transparency that we all need to have. To, to get to that place of authenticity with not only who we are interacting with, but obviously with ourselves. I mean, we just have to be truthful with ourselves. We've got to get comfy with ourselves. And it does sound woo-woo, and it sounds like, oh, yeah, like a public service announcement, but it is so true because that will be the driving force. It really will. It's totally true. And, Elizabeth, I think you walk your talk because that's what you've done from my perspective, your whole professional career and probably your whole life before you were a nurse. So you walk the talk and you write your truth for people to read. And I really, really appreciate that. Thank you guys. It's so wonderful. I appreciate you too. And, uh, 
it's been awesome to be, you know, from beginning and fresh starting out being on your radio show, you know, two years ago plus. And then now as we're colleagues here, I just feel such growth, but it's because of having mentors and, and people like the two of you along my way. So for people listening, I literally, you know, reached out to these guys and said, Hey, I want to be on your radio show like two years ago. And now look at where my business has grown to. So reach out to people, you know, let them know that you're there, ask questions, be visible. And so you can make anything you want happen. But I appreciate for folks like the two of you being receptive and saying, sure, we'll take a chance on a gal like Elizabeth. (laughs) That's right. And Elizabeth, I think I've said this before, but when I'm driving through Santa Fe, there's a parking lot I know where I was sitting in my car after having an eye exam when you and I had a call scheduled, what was our first contact on the phone? And I drive past that spot periodically and I smile. I'm like, yep, that's the spot where I met Elizabeth Scala. That's so funny. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, as we're reminiscing here. That's right. When you visit Santa Fe, we'll go to that parking lot. We'll leave a flower in the spot where I was parked. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Nice. Well, I think we have shared some very valuable content here. So I think from all of us here at RNFM Radio, we, we first want to say congratulations to all of those new graduate nurses out there and take a break, take a breather, get a little self care in, do take care of you before you start hitting the ground running on finding out what your next steps are going to be. And then the same for those that are returning to school next year or semester, wherever you are in your your student nursing career, congratulations on getting that that this year behind you and then looking forward to that next year ahead of you. So as always, we hope you feel uplifted, motivated and ready for something that moves the needle for you. Continue to innovate and create. Find passion in your life and your career each and every day. Care for yourself while caring for others. And we look forward to having you back here with us again on RN. FM radio.